0: Are you guys ready to record this whole thing all over again? <laughs> I didn't care for it, I didn't buy it. That, that seems pretty ridiculous. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to think about the possibility of you having your dick out.
1: Yikes. And this then... is the most important
0: thing in the universe. What happened to it? I, I don't <laughs> know.
2: I needed to suck in absolutely every moment of awesomeness. Yeah.
0: Welcome to the Geek Legacy Podcast, where we talk about everything in the realm of geeky news, so long as it falls under the geeky umbrella, as it were. I'm Justin Kaffner. with me as always, Mr. Randy Van Dyke. How are you doing today? I am fabulous. Me too. David, are you fabulous?
1: I was excited to hear that we'll cover everything geeky news, as long as it falls under the geeky umbrella. So, uh, Right. Yeah, I, did, I, am I didn't say
0: entertainment news. I said <laughs> geeky news. That's all right. I am amazing. How are you doing? Fabulous. As I said, Exactly. so Dune, this is a movie that that finally came out. I'm very excited about this movie and it was supposed to come out last year, but then COVID happened and then it got sort of the dual release on the HBO Max and in theaters. Uh, I believe a couple of us saw it in theaters on IMAX. It was absolutely glorious. Loved every second of it. Um, but Randy,
2: you saw it at home, right? You watched it on HBO Thanks. I did, yeah. I I I would have loved to have watched it in the theater, but I did take advantage of watching it from the comfort of my living room and I treated it with the same respect that I would have if I saw it. What would Vaughn say, Randy? He would lose his absolute shit. <laughs> but um but I I didn't get up to go to the bathroom. I didn't go up to refill my drink. I sat there at the edge of the goddamn couch, unable to take my eyes off the screen for two and a half hours as this thing played out. And I loved every second of it. It was worthy of every bit of praise that you'd given it in the past.
0: hmm
1: nice.
0: Yeah, that uh Denny Villeneuve. He knows how to make a movie, man. It
1: really does. And don't feel better, Andy. I saw it in the theater twice and once on HVMX. So I've seen it in the theater for you. So... You can always say between the two of us, we've seen it on on the big screen at least once. So don't feel bad about it. On my, my screening that I went to, it was on just like a normal screen, and I was like, "Well, I have this, I have my AMC stubs plus a membership that lets me see it anywhere." So I went, <coughs> I went to Irvine, I went to Irvine uh, to the AMC at the Block where they have a huge Dolby Theater, IMAX, Laser. I don't know, it's like a million things after that. I don't know what they do, uh, and uh, watched it there. What's interesting is. I don't remember the first time I saw it, it's saying part one at the beginning, like obviously going into it, I knew it was a part one, but in my head, it just said Dune, and there was no part one, but it was clearly there the second two times I saw it, Um, and I think that's one of the, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, I think that's one of the missed opportunities for Warner Brothers in that they delayed this movie for a year, and I understand their apprehension to like, you know it's an expensive movie, but they had to know that. Unless this movie made like eight cents, they were gonna make a part two. And by having this extra year, I I I, I thought that maybe they could have moved the needle a little bit, you know, and started pre production because it was just greenlit yesterday. Um so Dune two officially is on the docket, but Legendary announced it yesterday. So um I think I think it's called Dune's <laughs> <laughs> like <aliens>. Dune Harder. <laughs> Dune two, Dune Harder. <laughs> um Yeah, but I, I like Randy, I absolutely loved it. He was it was the rare case of like a rewarding slow burn. And I know a lot of people are calling it cold and, you know, stuff like that. But I thought, I thought it was just the first time I ever cared about like, like Duke, Leto, or, or uh, you know, you know, I never cared. Oscar Isaac did such a good job of making me like, like, like him. Like when he was like, you know, even if you don't want to take, take over, you know, you'll still be the only thing I ever needed you to be. My son, I'm like, Oh my God, what a fucking great dad. And, you know, all, his only concern when he was talking to, to you know, um, Jessica, was, Jessica was yeah. like, "Take care of Paul." And he's like, "I'm not talking. I'm not talking to his mother. I'm talking to the Bene Gesserit. And I'm like, "Holy shit!" Um, and the whole thing with the you know the, the Reverend Mother saying, you know, talking to Paul and Paul's like, "Yeah, because I'm the Duke's kid." He's like, "You're also the son of Jessica." And I'm like, "That that was kind of cool that yeah. she's important." So. Yeah, so.
0: yeah, yeah. No, it's really cool. And the, the thing is, like, um, you know, I I did both. I watched it on IMAX and I watched it at home. But the cool thing is is they, they tell you everything that you need to know. There's no like hidden stuff. So like as you're watching it, uh, they literally tell you everything that is important. And you might miss it the first time you watch it because you don't know what's important. But after you've seen the events play out and then you watch it again, uh, everything is on the table. And it's really cool that they did that. So you don't have to read the books. I'm sure, you'll get more out of it, I'm sure. But as someone that never touched the book and sort of throwing it out the window, um, or or someone that doesn't enjoy the the David Lynch one, uh, watching both like the theatrical version and the extended version. Um, I, I hated those movies, and I absolutely loved this movie. I think it was so goddamn good. Uh, I talked to you guys earlier about like just the scope and the scale, and just how everything just looks so gorgeous. And when I'm on these planets, I felt like I was on the other planets. And like it was when we're on Caladan, and and you see the mountains and the oceans and the rain and the forests And it just, it looked like such a beautiful lush world. And you're just like, you better enjoy that kid. Cause it's about to get really dry here in a minute. And then when we get to Arrakis, yeah, it's a desert planet, but it looks so beautiful. How are you going to make 29 palms look beautiful? You know what I mean? It was, it was crazy. I love the wind on the sand. I love the little granules. Um, I loved everything about this movie, man. It was so cool. I just I felt the heat. I felt the discomfort. I felt the tension. Everything about this movie was fucking awesome. Loved all the performances. I liked um, the, uh, the... What are they called? The the Fremen. I liked their little Sandstalker outfits. And and when you saw um, Javier Bardem just kind of chilling on the rocks, he just looked like this total snaky stealth assassin guy. <laughs> and everything about him was just really cool. Fucking dug it. And I can't wait for the second one. I am I am over the moon... With Dune, when I walked out of the theater, I was literally ready for Dune—the breakfast cereal, Dune—the the, the flamethrower. I, I wanted, I want it all. I was, I'm, I'm 100 on board. I am Mr. Dune right now.
1: Yeah, I was so excited. I actually picked up the book again. You know, I've tried to read this book like at least at least five times. <laughs> I've never gotten past page sixty, and I'm on page forty nine right now. And so, and I'm actually really interested to keep reading it. But one of the things the book does, and that uh, you know, is echoed in the film, that isn't really. In either the Lynch version or the sci-fi version with John Hurt, is you know, uh, you know, Duke knows that he's going to, to Arrakis and like it's it's not a good thing. Like he knows that like we're being basically sent there to our deaths, and you know, but he's so honor bound that he has to do it. And you know, that's that that sense of dread that you know the the Emperor is is plotting against him because you know they've become because the Trandius has become such a a noble house that everyone looks look, looks up to and stuff like that um you know you definitely get that sense of dread and um yeah i was i was here for it and i wasn't until halfway through the second time i watched it that i realized that was javier bardem i totally had forgotten he was in this movie <laughs> and <laughs> <The Chuck> Sparr- <laughs> oh my god yeah but he's <laughs> so good he? It is, he doesn't know you don't know our ways <laughs> I'm like yeah. yeah
0: no he's fucking great dude i thought i thought so awesome. did
1: a great job as duncan idaho i thought I, th- I thought he had he had a pretty you know badass part and i like I like how everyone's picking on on timothy chalamet and paul like calling him like Strani, like first time he sees him, He's like, oh, you put on some muscle? Oh, you think?
2: No,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> Smile, yeah. Gertie. I am smiling. <laughs> I am smiling. Yeah, I know it's great. Can't wait to see what happens. Uh, I mean, I know what happens, but that's another reason to look forward to the second movie. Is that there are a lot of unknown fates in this movie, and so it'll be fun to see how that all plays out. He's very good, but you know, it uh, was interesting too. Is um. You know, you mentioned that uh, uh, Leto was like, uh, genuinely concerned that they were being set up to fail, and he even, you know, he says that to the nice doctor lady, uh, Keens or Kynes, whatever her name is. Um, you know, he's like, he's like, look at this equipment, it's fucking shit, dude. (laughs) He's like, we're being set up to fail, and you're just like, oh, it's not gonna be good for you guys, (laughs) and uh, loved it, fucking, and the sandworm, how cool was that, and then like, um, you know, when one of uh, Keen's last scenes, she has the little hooks out, you know, like she she calls the worm and then she whips out her little hooks and you're like, oh, shit. And uh, that was kind of exciting. So at the end of the movie, when you see the 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 worm rider off in the horizon, that definitely gave you this 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 sense of hope for such a such a dark and, and bleak ending. And and it still kind of ended with this fun little uh you know, moment where you're like, oh shit, it's about to get real and I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, I like that that, you know, Jucolito and then they wanted to work with the Fremen that, you know, in in the Lynch movie and, you know, everything else I've ever seen about doing like this kind of like mystical race that like no one can like track or find and like Paul has to kind of run across them. But you know, in this movie there, you know, they're there are some of them that are like at the gates of Arrakis City and stuff like that. And um it really, really led more credence to like the viability of, you know, the ecosystem there. And, and like you, I was, I was blown away by the sandworm and the music was so good, especially like the, like the kind of like Arabic, like themes, like the first time when Paul's got his hand in the box Mm -hmm. and when he finally gets his fear under control and like goes through his eyes and has it like, I'm like, Oh shit, this is real now. (laughs) And I, I, I I thought, I thought, you know, the, there was definitely a lot of, of callbacks to Islam, and I think it really, really worked. And I don't know if that's just my prejudice because it's in a desert, um, but I, I, I dug the shit out of it, I'm just like you. I can't wait for part two. Yeah.
0: Randy, any final thoughts on Doom? Um,
2: <clears throat> it was pretty. Very pretty. Too much Zendaya for you, Randy? Uh, yeah, all of those five minutes were, were just an <laughs> overload for, for, yeah. for my, my little heart to, to bear. Uh, no, I think you guys. the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys uh, pretty much said it all and much more eloquently than I could have. Um, I just took it at face value and enjoyed it for what it was, comparing it only to the 84 Dune. I never saw the TV version um, that apparently covered more than just one book. Uh, it was like a many, okay. many, mini series. Yeah. It was two four hour episodes. Um, okay. I remember Susan Sarandon was in it, and there was a big deal about that. I don't know. that's about as far as I remember about that, but but this was just um, incredible. Um, I was and even though you had warned us roughly where this movie ended, I did feel a little frustrated. Um, and now there's talk of more than of being more than just two parts, the possibility of it being a three part uh three movie story so maybe there will be a dune part three ultimately um so i don't know i i i'm 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 a little bit dissatisfied with where it it ended off i felt like after the invasion it got real slow and then it just kind of limped across the finish line um Obviously, there were some moments that were that were pretty nice and exciting and fun in there. And I still enjoyed every second of it. It's just it didn't have uh, a traditional act three, I guess I'll say. Um, and that's like the only thing that I really feel like maybe hurt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I think that's but, very valid.
1: I've heard a lot of people saying that. Going into it, I thought they were going to end it at Paul drinking the water of life. And then like it would be like cliffhanger, like, is it going to die or is it going to live type thing? But um,
2: That would have been awesome.
1: far.
0: Yeah, uh, one of our other buddies, Rob, he felt the same way as you, Randy, where he thought that once the invasion was over, it just dragged. He's like, the first 90 minutes flew by so fast, but the last hour was like, okay, come on, speed it up a little bit. Um, I I didn't have that problem, uh, mainly because this was the first time I've ever enjoyed Dune in any capacity, <laughs> so I was just kind of along for the ride. And part of me was just like trying to just... Not necessarily look at the actors that were on screen, but I was just so busy, just like looking at everything that I saw, just trying to just just take it all in. It was a bit much, uh, in a good in a good way, you know. Like I, I was like like biting into a candy bar that just was the most amazing thing that I had like all day kind of thing. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is fucking. Good. I was savoring it, you know. Yeah. And so I wasn't really paying attention to the pacing. Um, and then when I watched it a second time, I, I was. More or less, just kind of thinking about just all the different things, like the fun languages. Like I love how they use the voice. I love sort of the the sign language that oh, yeah. um, Jessica does. Um, just so many other things that I was trying to pick up on. And then one one thing that I did do was I watched the prologue that is in the extended edition of the David Lynch version, where it explains uh, how these this universe came to be. Uh, the sort of the fall of man and their dependence on machines and then uh sort of re- this reset on technology and then the origin, you know, the beginning of the Bene Gesserit and then the guild. And uh that just put a lot into perspective. I watched that in between my first and second viewing of uh, this 2021 Dune. And it just kind of was like a quick refresher of the whole Dune universe, <laughs> you know. So it was really, it was a good idea. It's only like seven minutes long. It's totally worth your time if uh, you can find it on the YouTube's, and uh, it's a fun little refresher
2: course. It's a good idea. It's yeah, really that's good a really idea. good idea.
1: Yeah, because there's a whole thing about you know, it's ten thousand AG is the time frame they use, and that's. That's actually the, the, the time frame is after they got rid of all of like sm- thinking computers as they called them. You know, AI mm-hmm. rose up and they had to destroy the artificial intelligence. That's why there's no computers in Dune. There's no smart thinking computers. And that actually happens in like 10,000 our time. So Dune's like 20,000, you know, AD if you know we were or CBE if you uh, if you're a common era person or mm-hmm. I think it's just CE, sorry, common era and then BCE before common era. Um, but yeah, it's super interesting. I like it. I like that also that they brought back like, uh, swords, you know, in the novel, it's all about swords because they have those shields that like bullets don't work on, but Lynch decided he didn't like swords. He wanted to do, right. you know, actual like blasters, which makes me happy. He didn't direct return of the Jedi. Now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> swords are important in that movie. Um, but I I can't imagine just how bad shit crazy David Lynch return of the Jedi would have looked, but, um, yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. An end. Yeah. That's a great. Suggestion, Justin to watch that, uh, intro.
0: Yeah, it's only like seven minutes long. And it's really cool because you know the Benny Jesser It's you know, it's it's strictly for women, right? So then that makes sense when the the Reverend Mother's upset with Jessica about having a son and then teaching him their ways because it's like forbids a total faux pas. Um, and it was it's really cool. And then and then this other way of thinking, the scientific way of thinking. You know, the Benny Jesser It's you know this religion and 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 sort of wizardry and witchcraft, right? And then and then uh, the guilds you know, some mathematics and science and stuff. It's pretty cool. I was like, oh, all right, interesting. And then, you know, they, they didn't really get into like the whole navigators or anything like that. But, you know, in, in the Dune 2021, we see sort of like those giant, like space bridge type things, those cylinders that the ships come out of. And I really, really wish that there was some sort of of Stargate... Um, you know, way or, or interstellar when they go inside the black hole or the wormhole, you know, how it's like a sphere. We always picture just a hole, but it was a sphere. It would have been really cool to just see that in motion. If maybe when the, um, what well, the, Atreides went to Arrakis for the first time, it would have been pretty cool to just, you know, they're ready to go. They're doing a countdown. Then they go through the bridge. I think that would have, that would have been neat. <laughs> if, if I were to have a critique it would have been seen space fold. I think that would have been pretty cool.
2: I wanted to see one of those big brain-looking things in a tank. Right. uh, The 84 version. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the Navigator, guys. Yeah. Any, anyone who's yeah.
1: read the books like that's like their main gripe about the lynch movie because like you never see the navigators you never see how space travel works you never see any of that and uh that's like eight seconds into the person <laughs> david lynch doing is you see one of those fucking navigators that mm-hmm. look like it's just like a deformed monster in a tank and I'm like what the fuck is that uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but yeah i i really like the look of just that big cylinder just appearing over the sky and then you see all these like little ships like flooding out of it and stuff like that i thought that was kind of cool it mm-hmm. was a very cool visual especially because they you know when the the harkonnen uh, attack um and i'm like you justin i always call them harkonnen and <laughs> i call uh, them harkonnen yeah, yeah harkonnen yeah instead, yeah, yeah, yeah instead of like the harkonnen that they call them because that's the- all
2: we've ever heard like said out loud before this right <laughs> yeah
1: um and so yeah when they show up and like you see that like cylinder in the sky and you know it almost made us start to think that like that cylinder in the sky isn't like something you want to see. And right. so when Gertie sees that, he's like, get everything that can fly off the ground. Um, you know, it's that that like, kind of like this hand of God scary, you, scare the shit out of you type thing. So hopefully they, they do that again in the part two, or I guess maybe in part three, if, if they end up doing a three parter, which I hope they don't. It,
0: yeah, so I was thinking that in the event that we uh, that the second one. Now that we're aggregating the second one, now that that was greenlit and everything. But I think it would be cool if it opened up in a way to where we got sort of the the prologue that the David Lynch version had. You know, some sort of go back in time, show us how this world came to be, and then you know, Paul wake up from a dream kind of thing. You know, just to kind of refresh everybody on what's going on because not everyone's read the book, and I think it would. I think it would help people if they yeah solve that
1: 100 percent. Or if we saw like the uh, some of the events from the first movie from the perspective of like the Imperium, you know, mm-hmm. like them the, them and the Be- Bene Jesuit making the decision to you know send the Atreides to Arrakis, you know, to basically pit them against House Harkonnen um, to just to see that like kind of like the behind the scenes machinations. And then yeah, then we
0: cut to you know Paul waking up on Arrakis. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I give this movie a freaking A. I loved every second of it. I want more, uh, Randy. What letter grade do you give it?
2: Oh, I would also give it an A for sure. Sweet,
1: Dave. Yeah, absolutely. A, A, A plus, A minus, A, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was thoroughly, in, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's 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 definitely a case of how a slow burn can be done right.
0: Hmm. I dig it. I'm ready for more. Yes. Um uh, all right, so also this weekend was switching gears hardcore actually. Uh Hasbro did their PulseCon. PulseCon 2021, lots of new toys, reveals, interviews, fun stuff. Um Randy, you are the I mean coming from two guys that work for a toy company, you are our resident toy nerd. <laughs> uh, well, I would love to get your take on on what was exciting for you with with
2: Hasbro Pulse. So okay, so PulseCon, um, I was looking forward to the live stream. And like I was mentioning last week, I'm like, uh, I I rarely ever get to watch them as they happen. But I will avoid social media. And then I will go seek it out on YouTube later and watch it as if it were happening live, so that I could be spoiled. It's, It's like, you know, intentionally avoiding social media the weekend, a big movie opens, so you don't get spoiled in any of the plot points. I do the same thing for toy reveals. So I was going into it all happy and like, oh, they're going to announce all sorts of shit. And they didn't announce that much, at least from my perspective in my very small little toy collecting corner of uh, specifically Hasbro star Wars three and three quarter inch vintage collection. Um, I was also looking to see what they were announcing for the, uh, the black series as well. The six inch figures, just because there's a lot of cool Mandalorian stuff hitting the pipe right now. And uh, it was neat to see what was getting revealed. So um, some of the coolest stuff to come out uh, was they actually had um, uh, a neat little Mandalorian pack from uh, season two, episode two, where he's got the little white spiders and he's got like a dusting of snow all over him. And he's got his the very first three and three quarter inch version of the Mandalorian figure where he's wearing his full season two armor and. Um, We've had previous versions that are full Beskar, but there's like one little shin plate or thigh plate. Sorry, it's on his right thigh that is different between the end of season one and then the beginning of season two. So uh, finally, there's going to be a season two accurate version of Mando. And um, there were a couple other cool things, uh, like from a playset perspective, they revealed the Navarro Cantina playset, which we had heard about in an earlier live stream, and uh, they called it a pipeline reveal, because they basically just told people, hey, there's a Cantina playset coming, and nobody knew whether it was going to be the interior of the Cantina or the exterior of the Cantina, because there's a lot of stuff that happens in and around that Cantina on the planet of Navarro. Uh, That's the, the planet that... Uh, we first meet the client, um, and he first uh, Mando first gets the job to to go catch uh, grogu. and uh, it's where he's gotta shoot his way out of the cantina after being um, uh, I guess ambushed by Moff Gideon. And all the stormtroopers and everything. So there's a lot of, uh, of playset activity, or a lot of uh, a, a lot of room for there to be uh, different interpretations of the playset. Anyway, it's an interior playset, and a lot like the other Hasbro Star Wars play sets that have come out lately. The more you buy, you know, the the bigger play. Surface you can create so you can put up all sorts of different walls, extend the bar around, have more stools, more cups, more windows, more doors, and that kind of thing. You can actually make your own little structure, and it's kind of neat, actually. So, um, and it's that's uh, pretty 50, cool.
0: It's $53 for that cantina set, and
2: it, yes, and it comes packed with a death trooper, a carded death trooper, which is your only way to get a death trooper action figure on a Mandalorian card that isn't carbonized. There was one released last year that was the carbonized version. Uh, It was a Walmart exclusive and I bought it even though I don't collect the carbonized versions only because I'm like, well, this might be the only chance I get to get a Death Trooper on a Mandalorian card because (laughs) because I'm a sucker and I and I, you know, like I take that shit to heart. I'm like, I got to have and this is the only thing that I'm buying, like one to open and one to keep in the package. And I don't understand why, because I realize, well, granted, the vintage collection has done very well at retaining its value. Um, for example, one of the figures that they announced at PulseCon is they were re- going to be doing a re-release of an Ahsoka figure that was originally released on a vintage card back, like seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, something like that, and they sell for over two hundred dollars on eBay. Holy shit! Um, and so now they're going to be putting it back out there on an identical card back—well, not identical, but close enough to identical—you know—for thirteen bucks. So um, what it's going to effectively do is kill that earlier release. Um, the price it's gonna kill that price so but but for the most part the vintage collection holds its value really well, but I'm not I'm not doing that to To try to like sell later on down the road. It's just like I truly love the Mandalorian and I it is it is single-handedly reinvigorated my love for Star Wars where I feel the movies failed me and To, to, re, to reignite to that spark of like my my childhood love for this this franchise um, and like, like that for me was enough to trigger me to like not only collect, but to like do stupid collecting things like open up all the shit, which is what I really want to do so that I can display it, but still have one of each of the figures in the package just because they look so damn cool. So, yeah, yeah so here I am. But anyway, um, they revealed a couple other figures uh, that. We had heard about again on Pipeline Reveals, but maybe hadn't seen the actual finished version for one of them being the um, Bib Fortuna figure. uh, Another one being the six inch uh, Cobb Vanth figure, which everybody was super looking forward to because. Yeah, he's like 32 bucks. Yeah, he is considered um, a deluxe figure. So I think he's got some extra accessories that he comes with um, in addition to the jetpack and Boba Fett's helmet. Mm. There's got to be some stuff that's packed with him for him to be at that price point. Um because they 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 did a Mandalorian figure that was also that same price point, but he came with like a little Camtono filled with Beskar, and I think he came with a Grogu and maybe may or may not have included the little Pram for it or something like that. He came with a bunch of shit, a bunch of accessories. Okay, um sure. Cobb Vantha's gotta come with something to make it worthwhile. So um I mean he's pretty cool, but I don't know why he would be that much more money cool. But one of the other things that they announced um was uh some troop builder packs. Um, So you can get a four pack of stormtroopers, or you can get a four pack of fleet troopers. And one of the fleet troopers would be captain Antilles. And then the neat thing about the different fleet troopers is you got one recognizable, like old gray haired dude whose name escapes me um, that you clearly see in a lot of like the, the, the Lucasfilm marketing from the seventies. When you see like the troopers lined up in the hallway, you almost always see this like one old gray haired dude. Uh Um, But then they've they've got they've got like the racial diversity, uh, rebel troops too. Like you've got an Asian dude and you got a black dude now. So it's cool. You can fill out your ranks and not have them all look rank and file as just a generic white guy. So that's actually really neat because that's something that any anybody who's a troop builder that isn't just like armor completely covered head to toe in armor to actually see their 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 skin tone and whatnot. It, it's it it does a lot to boost your, your uh, diorama, your collection, uh, to be able to have a bunch of, of uh, diversity represented in there. So I think that's actually really kind of cool. And then, of course, there is the, uh, the HasLab um, Rancor, we finally got to see a, uh, an actual mocked up 3d version of it. And that isn't just like a rendering, I think. Maybe it is just rendering. I'm not 100 percent certain, but um, it's not painted. It's gray, just like the very first images that we saw of the Razor Crest and the Sail Barge, um, and it's absolutely freaking huge. It is so stupid big. This thing. Um, and then so is, thing- it, is it bigger than
0: the one that actually came out for. Like, toys, like, whatever, 30 years ago? 40 years ago? So,
2: well, yeah, the one that, that came out 30, 40 years ago. and Well, 83, 84. Um, uh-huh. You know, it was... I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with my hands. I have one, but it's out in my garage. He's probably, like, maybe 16 inches tall. You know, he and he's... Um, pretty decently scaled to go with the three and three quarter inch figures. Then the one that Hasbro put out years and years later, that was like much better articulated and they painted up a crazy looking one to go with the force unleashed um, video game. They had them uh, with those crazy riders on them and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, They did a release there and it was a little bit bigger and even more menacing and even better articulated, like much better articulated. This one just blows all that out of the water. Um, This thing is just absolutely huge and it's got I don't know how many points of articulation but let's just say
1: 45
2: yeah so this it's showing this thing standing side by side with a six inch black series stormtrooper and the stormtrooper comes up to its knee yeah that's big
0: it says um it says with an arm span of 42 inches from talon to talon and a height of 17.5 inches and the ability to extend to 27 inches tall with arms raised up, this figure has over forty-five points of articulation, more than the Black Series twenty-nine point standard.
2: So, if you look at like the last picture um, before you get down, um, well, it's actually right where you were talking about like the height and the the how tall it was and everything. There's a a picture of the three things sitting side <laughs> by side: uh-huh. the uh, the sail barge, the Razor Crest, and the the Rancor, and the rancor just standing upright is almost as tall as the the top sail top of the sails on the sail barge. It is wider with its arms just chilling at its side. It is wider than the razor crest with both of its engines sticking straight out. You know, it's just huge. It looks like it could jump on the the razor crest and ride it like a tricycle.
0: Yeah, it's big, and that's all technically to scale, right? So I mean, yes, this is a full grown rancor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is,
2: but but keep in mind this this Haslab project is for the Black Series six inch figures. It's not meant to be in scale with the three and three quarter inch figures that those other two items that you see on the screen are. So, um, oh, that's
0: true. That's true. It's two different lines.
2: It's two different lines. Yeah. So what makes this significant and why people are so excited about it is because this is the first Black Series uh, Star Wars Haslab project. Whereas the previous two, the Razor Crest and the Sail Barge, have been vintage collection three and three quarter inch uh, scale. So Mm -hmm. this opens the door to more six inch scale things. Hopefully, not just creatures. Hopefully, they get some larger vehicles in there. And I know they've already tried that with the TIE Fighter. and uh, there, there's there got to be some cool, like, playsets or display diorama possibilities, that kind of thing that I think are really worth exploring in this HasLab format. And the neat thing is it really feels like Hasbro is getting kind of um, – comfortable with the idea of, of releasing a bunch of different Haslabs and having them going simultaneously because before we had like the Sentinel going and then we had the uh, hero quest and then the razor crest started and they, they weren't all three running at the same time at any point in time, but they were all real close together and overlapping a little bit. Um, now currently there are three active projects because in addition to star wars, they have one for GI Joe with the sky striker, um, which is, uh, like the, the total, um, Top Gun style jet from um, from the '80s toy line. Yeah, I think that was like an F four or like an fourteen Tomcat, yeah. right? Is that yeah. what that was? Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. And um, so the, the interesting thing about this is, it looks like it's the same scale as the original. I haven't seen one side by side. Um, now they've updated the deco a little bit, and they've given um, all the the missiles and things that come with it, like these cool little. Um, fiery kind of uh, details that you can stick on it to make it look like they're in the middle of firing and stuff like that mm-hmm. and um, there's a neat little stand for it and there's like ground support crew and like refueling vehicles and all that kind of stuff that you can put like uh, if you're doing a diorama or, you know, if later on down the road they decide to do a HasLab for the USS Flag aircraft carrier, Mm -hmm. you know, you'll you'll totally be able to have all the stuff to support it. But um yeah, they're they're, the neat thing about it is they're doing it for the retro style O-ring G.I. Joe figures of the 80s, you know, which is something that I didn't even realize that they were still supporting right now because if you look at a lot of the G.I. Joe stuff that's being released, whether it's the 6 Figures, or even the non-Hasbro stuff. There's a line from Super Seven coming out in five points of articulation. Classic GI Joes. Um, I, I, I thought I kind of in the back of my mind because I haven't really been following it closely. I thought the whole O-ring figure technology was, or well, not technology, but tradition was dead. It was um, dead. They they, they announced but they were bringing it back during PulseCon. Okay, so I I missed that, but this totally makes sense then, because not only is the pilot figure that comes with it looks exactly like the the same one that I had in the 80s, um, but like there's a bunch of stretch goals for a bunch more figures, like a co-pilot and ground crew and all this stuff, and they are all the vintage O-ring style, and I'm like, oh my god, if I were a classic Joe collector, I would absolutely lose my shit over this, and here's the cool thing, it's only $229, and I don't mean for this to sound like a commercial or anything, but... Um, that's big. That's that's a really big deal because if you look at the Rancor, which is 350, Razor Crest 350, uh, the uh, sale barge was 500. We didn't know what how how low uh, a price point they would do for a uh, for a Haslab project, and now we know that, hey, they're willing to go down to $229. So it doesn't have to be super big, super expensive stuff. It can be stuff like, if I saw a $229 super badass jet with a ton of shit packed into it um, on a store shelf, and if I was a collector of that kind of stuff, hell yeah, I'd be stoked to get that. Um, It doesn't have to just exist in this HasLab environment. um, Because at that price point, it could actually survive out in retail. But that kind of makes me happy that they're kind of taking risks and testing the water with things that aren't super ginormous that we're only ever going to be able to buy one or two of just because of display, display place space in most people's homes. Um, and then on top of that, there's a third. Uh, campaign running right now and that just launched today the day that we're recording this podcast and it's for Ghostbusters and silly me I'm hoping oh man they're gonna make a line of three and three quarter inch Ghostbusters figures and they're gonna make like a firehouse playset or something like that all this stuff harkening back to the some of the toys from from the 80s. No, they made a goddamn life si- life size uh, proton pack. And it looks amazing. It looks super cool. And they're selling it for $399. And as of right now, it has over 3000 backers already. And it's been going for less than 24 hours. And, uh, the target is 7,000 to get made and it's almost halfway there. So that's definitely going to happen. Um, there's a little bit of question as to whether or not the rancor is going to happen because it's, it's taking a slower pace. People are, com- cause it's been running for almost a week now. And, um, People are saying that the pace that this is going is a little bit more akin to the pace that the sail barge did, which was yeah. a strong day one, and then a, it really petered off in day two, and it was kind of slow throughout the middle, but it'll pick up again at the end. So um, it's been running for, what, five or six days, and it's at thirty seven thousand or 3,700 backers, and it needs 9,000. So, um, it's more than one third of the way there and it'll get there. It'll definitely get there, but, um, it's not going to go gangbusters like the Razor Crest did.
0: Um, yeah, so I have a couple of things. Um, so on, in the spirit, let's we'll go down the line, uh, for the Rancor, I think it would be cool if one of the stretch goals was, you know, uh, return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I think that'd be really fucking badass. with he's got his little hood, you know, his little cloak and everything. I think people would go batshit crazy for. a gotta new have little,
2: yeah. He's got to have the little um, bone that he can stick in the rancor's mouth too. Yeah,
0: that'd be fucking awesome. Um, and then two, you brought up uh, the GI Joe, the jet. Uh, what is it called? The Skystriker. Sky yeah. yeah, and you know that's cool uh, because I would. I'm more excited about the prospect of a USS Flag aircraft carrier, and it's only, and it's only funny, and the, the only the reason why I'm even thinking about it is because in the the production photos for this you know it has it uh you know on on an aircraft carrier like Mm -hmm. it looks kind of cool and so you're like all right i mean one shot's like in the desert and everything but another one looks like it's totally on an aircraft carrier and i think it's
2: an actual 80s uss flag
0: that would be pretty rad uh there there's like a daytime shot where it's like a desert background and it's like um you know it's like on a runway But then the one where the sun looks like it's setting, that totally looks like an aircraft carrier to me. But whatever. Who knows? Maybe It's probably the same shot as the out in the desert, but it just got my brain thinking that it totally could be an aircraft carrier. But, I mean, it it opens up the door. But when when I was reading articles pop up about uh, this, um, this jet, there was a couple of grumpy geese in the crowd. Like, you know, why would I pay Hasbro... You know, all this money to make something that they should just, you know, take a chance to themselves and put it on in a store shelf. And I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't be more frustrated because one, let's just pretend for a second that this was something that went to Target and Walmart, right? The first thing people would be complaining about is bots bought them all online and scalpers are buying them and you can't get them and the, the markup value is like three times as much and everyone will be freaking out. Two, there's, there's like 1800. Target stores, and let's just pretend for a second that each store gets like a case <laughs> of these stupid jets. That's not, that, that, that's not feasible. There's no way that they would do it, right? It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. In even the if, if they only is, have like
2: two of them in it, though. Yeah,
0: exactly. And 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 so it doesn't work. Someone would buy a would buy a whole case, and then that that target would be out of luck. But they can't. That box is going to be huge, so it's not like they can send them a pallet of these things. And they take up all the space in the back room. It just doesn't work that way. Because even if they did send them... Let's just pretend for a second that they that they sent each store like 20 of these things, right? And that means that they would have to make fucking like 36000 just to accommodate Target. That's not going to happen. Yeah. If every store got 20, give me a break. It
2: doesn't make any sense. It, so the real estate's not there... <laughs> The, so the world that that would make sense is if it were a target exclusive. So say, for example, let, let's go back to Star Wars. Um, there is an X-Wing fighter that is uh, from Rogue One. It's the blue leader, Antoch Merrick. Uh, uh-huh. And it comes with a, an exclusive carded Antoch Merrick figure inside vintage collection. The only way you can get the carded figures to buy this $100 X-Wing. Um, and it's a Target exclusive. So the way they handle that is, yeah, some are sent to the stores, but it's pretty much like the scenario we just described. It's like a case of two of them, and that's it. Um, but there are thousands of them made, and the majority are sold online. So, um, but you would never find more than one or two at a store, probably ever. I think. Right. Is is from from what I'm hearing from people, how that scenario went. And that's you know, the, granted that's half the price of what this Sky Striker would be, and it's less real estate on the shelf. But that seems to me like something that if if a big two hundred dollar thing were to hit store shelves, okay, take for example. I don't I think it ever I don't in. think
1: I don't think Target would ever put a two hundred fifty dollar jet on their floor
2: on the floor they would okay. well let's go back five years let's go back to 2016. um the the holiday season uh associated with rogue one there was that 300 adat that was motorized and that was on the 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 end cap of every goddamn target and everybody said oh that's a really cool looking at it's weirdly underscaled for being this big 300 thing And even though it's got three figures and one of them is exclusive, you can only get with this thing. They were like, I'm going to wait for it to go on clearance. And they did. And it did. And they eventually all sold. And um, what it basically told Hasbro is, you know what? $300 price point things don't fucking work at retail. And that's why we haven't seen anything that expensive since. And why the only thing that things that do come out at that price point now seem to be HasLab items.
0: Right. But in this case, they only have to make ten thousand to make it worth their while. Right. And and the cool thing about that is I pay two hundred and twenty-nine two hundred and thirty dollars plus shipping and I'm guaranteed to get my, my jet. I don't gotta right. worry about scalpers. I don't gotta worry about getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go yeah. to go on target.com or whatever the fuck <laughs> and the website crash and everyone freak out and everyone be mad and then it go to I gotta buy it on eBay for twice the amount. It it it's a convenience thing, you know. Like we have uh for, for Bandai, we have premium bandai. Perfect example. Uh there are some folks out there that don't like premium bandai, they think it's it sucks. But I disagree because it's 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 a one-stop shop. I go on there, I pre-order my figure, it's made to order, they fucking they 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 make it, they ship it, I have it. That's it. Problem solved. As soon as I put my money down, I know the order went through. Easy peasy. When we do general releases, they're like When's it going up on Amazon? When's it going up on Big Bad Toy Store? Big Bad Toy Store sold out. Are you going to make more? Are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? When is this going to come back? Are you going to reissue it? And it's like, what do you, what do you want, man? <laughs> do you want do you want to go on Brandy and Bandai and you just fucking buy it and be done with it, or do you want to jump through hoops and try and find it at that at insert They, they, want, they, here? they
1: want it readily available. They can be made to order, but they also want it to where it's going to ship in two days. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work. And and sorry, I've been. Hold on my tongue for a while, Randy. The uh, the fleet trip we're thinking of is is, uh, is Paloscrambus. Thank you. I don't know if it was bothering you. Is that the old guy? Yes, that's, that's the old guy. Yeah, I remembered yeah. Scrambus. I couldn't remember Palo. Scrambus.
2: So. Yeah, because during the live stream they were like comparing his egg to like or his name to scrambled eggs. Like, how do you pronounce this? Scrambus, like scrambled. Like, okay. Sorry. I'll so how did, how could I forget <laughs> that? But thank you for saying it. You're welcome. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, you, Justin. Thank you. No, no, no.
0: You're good. I I just I don't. I find the argument against Hasbro and being being chintzy and, and screwing customers to not hold any water. I think it's terrible. I think I like the idea of HasLab, and I like how if I want to get one of these hard-to-find things that's specially made, all I got to do is click a little box saying I agree to these terms of service, and I, I add it to my cart, and then I check out. I don't have to worry yeah. about waking up at a certain time. I have forty. 50 days to, to make up my mind to save up for it whatever and i can do it easy peasy and the more people that do it the more shit i get with it it just to me it's just good business <laughs> it's driving yeah. me insane that people don't like it <laughs> it's I, just I, good I don't business. think
2: i don't think at any point in time it's being framed as a bad thing for for hasbro i think it's smart because when you look at it, what i was talking about with that 300 ad at um from from rogue one uh Most of those sold on clearance, you know, so the Mm -hmm. the retailers taking a bath on it. uh, Fucking Hasbro's taking a bath on it, like,
0: and then we lose uh, because they're not going to make it anymore. But exactly what I was saying, I saw these in comments, like threads on on blogs about people that you know they're the blog is excited about the release, then the comment section is a bunch of 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 d bags that are saying, yeah, right. Like I'm ever going to give Hasbro this money. Like, you know, they, they're, they're going to be skimming off the top. They're taking all this money from us to get what a couple pieces of plastic. And they were upset about it. And I don't know what their agenda is. I don't know if they're, you know, in their mama's basement or if they are the scalpers that are going to be losing money because of it. But I don't know, but that's just it too. Cause all these HasLab things, once they sell and, and the order's closed, you know, it's not uncommon for people to buy two of these things and then unload the second one to pay for the first one. <laughs> it totally oh, works. Big bad head yeah.
1: sentinels. Big bad head sentinels for like six fifty. Yeah. See, easy peasy. And yeah. I think the only argument against against um, Haslab, which I think is a silly argument, is that it takes a while to get it made. But that's what happens when you do a made-to-order run, and I'm fine with it. You know, I've waited almost a year for my hero quest, and that's fine. When I get it, it's going to be the most exciting day for quite a while. I'll be so excited when it comes. But you know. I, and people are like, well, money's tight, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, what's the difference if you spend it now versus if when you spend it eight months from now, it's going to be just as tight then. And I think people are just more delusional with each other. Like, they don't think about it like that. Like, sure, yes, it sucks to pay now to get something six months from now. But what's the difference of you paying now and then you paying six months from now?
2: I mean, well, and, and, and here it is, too. Um Stuff that's that's uh, released or revealed right now isn't going to be on store shelves for another six months anyway. So, for example, um, at least with, with, the, with the shipping is, problem, with the shipping crisis, sure. And it, look, PulseCon is done and over, and they revealed a couple of neat things, and and okay, cool. Nothing really sent me to you know that pre-order the next day to be like, oh, I got to get this. But then, as we've been talking about um, every week, Star Wars in general is doing this bring home the bounty. Um, promotion um, across all of its different uh, vendors, not just Hasbro, but like all of its its licensees. And uh, this week, uh, it was announced that there's going to be a three and three quarter inch Mandalorian Death Watch uh, Trooper, and there's going to be um, a Rosario Dawson version of of Ahsoka from Mandalorian in three and three quarter inch. And both of those were announced yesterday, put up for presale today, and at ten o'clock this morning, I'm sitting there like an asshole, you know, putting in my pre order for it. <laughs> Knowing it's not going to ship till June of 2022. And what is that, eight months from now? How is that any different, really, than me ordering a Razor Crest at the end of the year last year, expecting to get it at the end of the year this year? I'm putting in a pre order. It just takes a little bit longer because they have to make it to order. But I am, I'm not, it's not that much longer in the grand scheme of things than the pre orders that I'm putting in for product that's already going to be coming anyway. Right. If that makes sense. It does.
0: And 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 the hard part's over. Now you just gotta wait. Easy peasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, I guess Tom Petty says the, the, the waiting is the hardest part, but and I guess it's probably true. But I mean, once once you paid for it and you just gotta sit back and wait for the mailman, and you'd be like, Where's my spot camera? Where's my spot camera? Where's my spot camera? Where's my spot <laughs> camera? Easy peasy. And I, I just don't get it. I don't understand the frustration. It's once it, it, it'll get here when it gets here, what's the fucking problem? Drives, drives me insane. Just get an nft and then you have a digital thing and you don't have to worry about it anymore. You have your digital baseball card <laughs> and you have it right now. it's 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 good to go. Yeah, I don't get
1: the um the one thing i I, I do think that Hasbro may be dropping the ball on is, you know, like Kickstarter is all about the updates to where you know, I think Hasbro could do better with, you know, like, you know, like HeroQuest has been doing a good job on their Twitter of like every time like like a new figure or new mini is coming off the factory, they'll like show like pictures of it. But they could easily just do some kind of fun like little video review or something like that. Or they could send, you know, a handful to like influencers. So, you know, they could be like, oh, my God, this is this is legit. You know, I can't wait. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I wish they did more. But at the end of the day, I wanted my hero quest. I got my hero quest. It'll get here when it gets here. Um but I think the waiting wouldn't have felt as long or as bad if we got a little more updates along the way.
0: Yeah. And that's just it. Like for the, for hero quest, I feel like I've gotten two emails and they were both about shipping. You know, I, it was up to me to go to a website and look to do homework or, you know, check the Twitter account. Whereas if it was, you know, just an, oh, a once a month newsletter that had cool stuff that would have gone a long way.
2: Yeah, we've only had one update on the Razorcrest, period, I think. So, and it was about shipping delays or mm-hmm. just the delay that it, sorry, we said it was going to be the end of uh, 2021, but it'll be early 2022.
0: Right. And they have everyone's email address. So it's not like it's. it would have been right. hard if they have and- a, a dedicated blog to the Razorcrest, a dedicated blog to Hasbro that they just send you a monthly newsletter. Like, hey, right. I mean, I, I adopt an elephant every year. For the Seljuk Trust and every month I get an update on my orphan <laughs> it's, it's that simple and I learned about all the other elephants, and it's fun to read and I like to look at the pictures and I like the video diaries and it's so much fun and I love it and they could do the exact same goddamn thing here's how the figures come look at this wizard isn't this wizard fucking awesome and look at this is how these figures are made and and blah 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 and here's the you're going down the campaign trail this is what
2: the mission's gonna be look at how cool this is blah 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 easy peasy Exactly. How easy would that be? That's one guy sitting there, you know, adding pictures to a web page and giving certain people access to it, you know, through an email. That is not a big, huge thing. Um, look back at what they did with the, the sail barge. They sent us this beautiful color booklet that was like all through the the making process, the behind the scenes making of like, here's how it was designed. Here's how the, the first prototype came together. And Here's how the painting is going and that kind of thing. And it was, it was a super cool, like collectible thing. And it was really neat. And everybody was excited because it was their very first time. And we thought, wow, we're gonna be like given the white glove treatment anytime we buy something through HasLab because this is an amazing experience. But that was one time and one time only, because I think not just from a Star Wars standpoint, but any of the other HasLab projects since then have not had nearly that attention to to detail or attention to communication with uh, with the backers.
1: Yeah, HeroQuest did one really cool video where they had Joe Um, uh, because, you know, we didn't reach the stretch goal that was going to be his expansion and his, like, cool little dragon minifig. And when they announced that, yes, you were going to get that expansion and you were going to get that minifig. You know, he you know did a video from you know the Guy Jax Museum, basically his basement where he plays D D with all his celebrity buddies, um, and you know gave us like did like a five minute video about oh man you, I can't wait you're gonna get this you're gonna get this you're gonna get this you're gonna get this it's so great worked so hard on it I'm so glad that Hasbro is has letting me give it to you and like that that went a long way to just hold me off for a while I'm like oh sweet yeah okay can't wait till the next update and then the girls never came man yeah
2: <laughs> girls never came. Antoine, you
1: mentioned uh, you know, with the, with the, with the finally having the GI Joe hazlab, you know, maybe it opening up to the flag. I mean, is there any chance that the flag is not a thousand dollars? I mean, could they do the flag for less than a grand?
2: Not at the same scale that it was before. I mean, but but look at this now again. I might be talking out of my ass here because I'm just looking at it. Through the from the perspective of a non GI Joe collector, but somebody that had it as a kid, that Sky Striker looks goddamn identical to the one that I remember having, um, or it looks really fucking close anyway, A very close facsimile in terms of size and everything. So uh, it would stand to reason that the USS flag would also be about the same size. Um, and you're right. I don't see it being less than a thousand. Uh, now, granted, the original was very hollow. There's a lot of open space underneath, and there's really just like the there's the 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 surface of the of the ship itself, um, and then there's like the command tower and stuff that has all the little rooms and furniture in it. I don't remember there being a whole lot directly underneath um, decks there. So, I mean, if they did it basic enough, maybe they could come in under a thousand dollars. But I mean, just the size of the box that that thing would have to ship in. Um, the size of the box that the original one came in was just enormous, and it was just crazy when you saw those in stores in the '80s. Do you guys remember seeing those at all? Yeah, I my, my neighbor had one. Christmas. You know, I, I remember saw, seeing that they maybe had like two of them but it took up the entire end cap like there was nothing hanging above it or around it it like was probably like tilted on its side even because it was just so fucking big
0: yeah so like the thing though like i mean i know it's huge it's ridiculously big but like when you see a real aircraft carrier and there's multiple planes on the flight deck this one the, the 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 uss flag you know, let's just pretend that you bought two of those Sky Striker jets. You could have one fly off the straight runway, and then one fly off the sort of the left short angled one. Um, and it would be it would be crowded with any more than two planes on it. It's huge, but so is the plane. So so there isn't that much real estate on on the flag. Uh, this, is, I mean, if you Google images, you can see how big it is. Yeah, it's it's huge, but especially when you have like a you know, like a four-year-old kid playing with it. <laughs> you know, like, right, oh yeah, right. <laughs> this kid's you know whatever, forty-eight inches tall, and <laughs> and. Uh, but they'd know, have to give it, it the
1: Hazlab treatment. treatment. Like you know, I, Randy mentioned, it, it's mostly hollow underneath. But you know that's not gonna fly. In in the Hazlab layer, they're gonna have to have you know an elevator that comes up with like the flight crew and like the bridge will mm-hmm. have to have like open up and you can put Joe's in there or something like that. Um so I think I think that'll have to do a lot more and. I don't know i don't know if there's an audience out there for like a thousand dollar flag i know obviously there are people who will buy it but i don't know if it has the mass appeal because like the sky striker it's the first time i can remember a hazlab project where like i can't find the dimensions anywhere like even in the video and stuff like that to where you know the razorcrest and you know especially the sail barge and now the rancor and you know, the sentinel they're all like oh man this thing's this big and it's this wide and it does this and this and this To where the sky striker's like
0: yeah you with this as a kid now get another one yeah the box is seven and a half feet tall. Is that or seven and a half feet long? Is that right? That sounds right. Oh, for the, for the, the flag is over six feet. Yeah, yeah. Seven feet six inches in length. That's a lot of plastic.
1: That is. That is a lot of plastic. But how big was the sail? How if feet was the sail Five feet.
2: Uh, it is at least four feet. 48
0: inches. It, it retailed originally for $110. $109.99. Sweet. The Sky Striker back in the day? No, the flag. Oh, the, the flag. USS flag. The retail price was
2: $109.99. That's like, well, nuts, you know, uh, <laughs> when you think about it, the Millennium Falcon was $30. Bucks, the Adat was like $30. Bucks. Um, and those were like the big toys of that era. And then you get something that's like, the mothership of all of those, you know, uh, yeah, that sounds about right, but fuck, it just sounds so cheap by today's standards. Yeah. Crazy. Love
0: it. I'll take it. I'll take two. Are you getting a a striker, Justin? Um,
2: maybe.
0: And I only say maybe because, uh, I was having a really hard time finding any sort of, um, three and three quarter inch, uh, gi joe figures i found a snake eyes once and the box was fucking mangled uh, i was at a wally world and i decided not to get it uh, I, I had it in my hand i walked around the whole toy department with it in my hand and then i put it back it was like 10 bucks i was like eh, some someone that really wants this can have it and i just i never saw another figure ever since and so i don't want you guys know me and once i get my hooks in something then i go a little crazy town banana pants and so, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I'm quite comfortable with the six inch figures that GI Joe has released. Uh, I think they're a lot of fun. I think the even the, the especially the Cobra figures. I think they're just top notch and they just look so well done. My favorite though actually came out during PulseCon and that's that Outback figure. I think he looks so fucking cool. He's my he's my favorite looking one that's been released. Uh, he just looks like such a badass, but yeah, Major uh, Blood's pretty rad too. Major Blood is good. Both of those two, those two are the best, but they both have this sort of crocodile Dundee vibe about them. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. I, it's almost like uh, they just captured the show really well, and I really like the Cobra Troopers, the infantry, even like the like the the Cobra Island ones. Those ones all look fucking badass. So uh, they just announced uh, those. Ah, uh, the officer. Uh, i think today actually uh no nope. he's up for he's up for like pre-order now um yeah he looks really good too. the cobra officers um well now they're going
1: to a... relaunch the three and three the the o-ring line you know it might be you know might go well with the
0: sky striker i know but i mean what am i what am i gonna do with this shit <laughs> no so, I <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah i mean it's cool but like honestly uh when we go to san diego comic-con and hasbro has their booth and they have the the flag under that glass case and it looks all badass. That's that's good enough for me. Like An annual dose of seeing all this cool G.I. Joe shit, that works. I'm like, oh yeah, that's pretty badass. I like it. But it, the thing is that the accessories, Dave, all these figures come with some really cool accessories and I love it when they just kind of go the extra mile. Like when the guns have the clips and you can take the clips out or the knife can be <laughs> sheathed, shit like that. I, I just think that that goes such a long way. Or the gun can be holstered, for crying out loud. That's just, for a $20 figure, that's pretty good. Um, I, I'm I'm totally cool with that, and and that's something that the three and three quarter inch figures, I mean, they
2: look they look
0: kind of chintzy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's just a difference between the two.
0: Well, and, and it seems like they the, don't
2: come with as many accessories as they used to as well. Yeah,
0: and when they, when we were kids, it, they had a a gun. So usually two guns, like a, a rifle, a pistol, and a backpack. And then if they had some special thing about them like shipwreck came with a parrot you know what i mean um roadblock had a bazooka and just whatever their their niche thing was that that singled them out as a character they came with that uh, and then another gun and a backpack and you know it was like a whatever a five dollar figure maybe even three bucks 3.99 or whatever so i mean you're getting what you pay for i'm not complaining about that it's just when i see how awesome the gi joe classified series is it's hard to I would almost consider it like a downgrade to where I don't like what I'm getting for the money, especially when it becomes a twenty dollar figure. Like when you see um, like the Super Seven stuff, right? It's cool and all. I like the licenses, but it's just not for me. It looks like it's a two dollar figure, and I get that there's charm to that, but I don't find it charming. <laughs> yeah, for the I money. Think
1: three and three quarter inch, because you you mentioned you know where you're gonna put the the Sky Striker is that that's what I like about, you know, the three and three quarter inch line tour. If, you know, say I wanted to go in on G.I. Joe, you know, you could put the entire, you could open up the entire line and it would occupy like a portion of the shelf as opposed to like six inch figures, which take up just a ton of room and stuff like
0: they that. They do. So. They really do. And I have a whole pile of them behind me um, hidden in that dark corner over there. And I'm just like, ugh. And it all started with Cobra Commander, right? I found him and I was like, Oh, <laughs> oh now I gotta get Destro, and then I got Destro. And I go, now I gotta get Snake Eyes, and then I got Snake Eyes. And then it's like, well, now I gotta get this guy. Now I gotta get that guy. Excuse me. It's and a slippery so slippery slope. Yeah, and yeah. it's 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 crazy. It's so crazy. And I I hate that it's a thing. I think the pandemic has a lot to do with it. Like I needed a hobby during to not go crazy, and. Hey, it was Transformers for a while, and I fucking love Transformers so goddamn much. And it looks so cool in the package. I think Transformers are cooler in the package than they do outside the box. But I can look at the packages all day long and just see how cool these Transformer toys are. And the G.I. Joe Classified Series just really just hit it home, man. I think they're just done so well. And so I'm just like, oh my god, that's such a cool figure. And it's so nerdy to say, but like, you know, one of my things, if when if I could go back and talk to my 20 you know, something self and just say, you know what, find it in the store and take your picture with it. And then that's it. That's all you need. You don't need to buy it. You don't need to take it home. You don't need to do anything with it because it's just going to sit on a shelf and you're not going to be bored with it. But now you can't even do that because nothing's in the shelves. Like the stores are empty and
2: well, l- let me poke a small hole in what you just said there. Oh, shit. So just poking holes like let's, in gun. Let, yeah, let, let, exactly. Let's say you do go back in time and you tell yourself, just pose for a picture with it, and that, that'll be fine. That'll do all it needs to do. Well, you post for that picture with it, and then 20 years down the line you come across that picture. You see it. You're like, oh, cool. What's that? Megatron or Optimus Prime? or Right. Or, that's cool. I guess I kind of remember this oh well whatever what's next kind of thing in this pile of pictures you don't have any real personal memory to go with it the only reason that it means anything to you is because you had it as a kid you played with it you loved it you had you created scenarios from the loins of your of your of your imagination and and you you had a great time with it um that's why a photo of you with it would be so significant because here's a photograph capturing this great memory that I have. If you Mm. just take that picture and you don't take the item home and create those memories, you have an empty photograph, a hollow photograph. But I mean, uh, specifically with star Wars toys, I was buying
0: all the star Wars stuff, all episode one. I only got a handful of episode two stuff, but I bought everything for episode three. And then I, I I sold everything for episode one. I gave everything for episode three away. (laughs) I, I literally just handed it over to Felix. Minus the little guys that you guys got me at uh, celebration, and um, and that was it. I'm, and I I felt fine. I just dusted my hands off, and, and I lost so, money on that. So I mean, I didn't that, need it.
1: You felt good about that because they went to a good home. So so I've been giving away giving away a ton of my shit. Like like you know, I sold a bunch on eBay because I, I I'm kind of the pandemic kind of had me go the opposite way. Like instead of collecting anything, I've just been like fucking scorched. Unloading. Earthed. I've been just going to, if it's not Admiral Ackbar, if it's not 77 back Return of the Jedi figures, I, I, I just don't, I don't want, it has no place in my house anymore. And so I've probably sold slash given away like, you know, 30 tubs of stuff. And it's so rewarding. Like, like uh when I, when I gave stuff away to like, you know uh you know, I had a bunch of Gundam shit from work that we got in like good goodie bags, and stuff like that, that I, Oh, I'll build it. But I never did. But you know, I have a buddy whose friend, like who's her son loves Gundam. So I'm like, able to give him these like Gundam that you know he, he just loved him to death and he was so excited for him or you know bunch I gave my one of my other buddies who's got kids who are also into Star Wars I gave him like four tubs of like the Star Wars stuff like just random odds and ends and so I'm, I'm basically I've determined I'm going to keep all of my carded figures which account for like four huge tubs I have a ton of carded figures but I think that I think that's what I have the most sentimental attachment to because like you I bought everything episode one episode two episode three all of the other ones i bought like i got i got fucking, like soap and shampoo and doritos bags and just all this shit that like <laughs>
0: Pez dispensers. yeah oh yeah I I, I I i i had
1: 64 pez dispensers and I, I sold it as one huge lot to some guy who collects pez and he was like the most nice guy and he was so excited to have it but like i i just don't need all that shit and i'm, I'm able to take my garage back over and I have, I have like a workspace and i got my 3d printer out here i got i borrowed my friend's like airbrush thing and Terribly botching that and stuff like that, um, and so now I'm I'm only buying stuff that I'm almost going to immediately rip out of the box and play with or display. I don't I don't yeah. want I don't want to put anything into a tub. That's my that's yeah. my that's my goal.
0: Yeah, that's and that's a great goal. I love I love the no tub goal. That's fantastic. I have tubs in my garage and I open them up like Lord of the Rings. I have all the Lord of the Rings figures from 20 years ago, and I open up those tubs. I go out like every once a month and just kind of open up the tubs and just be like. I fucking love these, but I love the movie so Mm. goddamn much. So I'm not going to part with those. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, these are so fucking cool. And they're in like the big, dumb, bulky, like uh, McFarlane, like six inch. (laughs) They're like these huge, like bubble packaging. And it's so ridiculous to where. You remember when when vhs disney movies were in like those, ex, those super mega like clamshell. Type of thing? Yeah. yeah so it's like a clamshell of a toy kind of thing it's so ridiculous they're so big they're so bulky and stupid and then by the time the third movie came out they kind of shifted the packaging a little bit they saved a lot of cardboard and a lot of plastic with their new packaging and i i applaud them for that but fuck, man i remember my my brother-in-law brett he was traveling all over california and arizona nevada and he was just for his job and he would just swing by KB Toys or Toys R Us or whatever. And he's like, hey, do you need this? And I'm like, yes. And then he would just get it for me. It was so fucking cool. So, I mean, I know where every one of my figures came from. And you, and you know you guys are like that, too. You know you bought that toy at Toys R Us. The one in Brea that's next to that fucking barn, Or what was it? Uh, a Borders bookstore. You know, that that Toys R Us. You know, that that's where you got it kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you remember how much you paid for it. And that's special. That's really cool. But not all the figures that i have are like that some are like i think i got that on amazon or you know uh i don't remember why i picked that one up i thought it was going to be worth something but it's not kind of thing and so yeah that's when you can recognize the problem and for sure when and i was poking that was
2: much fun uh, no it's not at all it's 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 very much like the the hunter seeker version of of toy buying it's like mm-hmm. You know, I for me, half the fun was the journey. I used to like going on what I would call quests. You know, we'd go on a quest for toys, and we would hit like three different Toys R Us and three different targets and two WalMarts, and you know, we would just like constantly like, oh hey, I hear hear the new uh, the new wave is out and it's starting to hit these stores, and and we would just make a day or an evening of it and. And God, when I think about how much gas we use just driving around and walking out empty handed almost every time, it was just insane. But it was cool and it was like a social thing. And every once in a while you'd run into other collectors in the hall in the in the aisles and you know, you guys would swap stories or like, uh, hey, I heard so and so's got it over, you know, in fucking inglewood or whatever i'm like fuck i'm not driving inglewood but you know it's like whatever it's like you hear stories and we go- would have
1: driven inglewood no don't fucking pretend right we would have driven to the the heart of any inner the worst inner city in the world if we oh, knew they man. had like a 41 a
2: stash of 41 clones from episode three. Oh, for sure i mean th- there was nowhere i wouldn't have gone once i got a car and i had the ability to like like be mobile myself, I was all over the place just <laughs> right. looking for toys. And that was what I did with my very first car. Like, I I, I came across this great photograph when I was going through some old photos in my garage, and it was something that I had made in a photography class uh, when I was in community college. And um, it was my very first car, which was uh, an 83 Honda Accord, and I had superimposed two other Im- – or three other images on it, all on one 8 by 10 sheet of photo paper. And it was the, the front of a Toys R Us store, so you see the Toys R Us logo – you see my old busted ass Honda. Um, you see this other collector store that I used to go to called Super Collector that was out in uh, Fountain Valley. And then um, there was a 1996 Shadows of the Empire uh, carded figure, and it was like Prince Shizor or something like that. Which ultimately, by today's standards, is worth like probably the same price you paid for it back in '96, <laughs> like five bucks. <laughs> it's like it had zero appreciation, and you know there's a million of them on the market, but I remember they were so goddamn hard to find when they first dropped. And I loved the book. And this is the first time that they're making toys from something that isn't from a movie. And oh my God, I just lost, everybody lost their collective shit about it. And I remember spending an entire summer, the summer of 96 looking for these toys. And I documented it in this one photograph and I'm like, this is fun. This is neat. And from that perspective, Justin, what you said about having a photo of it and, taking that and like having that be your memory and not needing the stuff behind it. I agree with that because I was already an adult and I already had made my memories kind of mm. um, when I was trying to poke holes in what you were saying before, I thought you meant like having a childhood photo of no, you no. with a toy, but in never having built the memory <laughs> with it. Yeah. yeah in your twenties yeah, yeah. is something different. Yeah. So yeah. I will acknowledge that. Absolutely.
0: Like, like when we would go on our toy hunts together, you know, we go to Frank we go to Tommy's and then we just hit up every fucking target and toys R us between, you know walnut and our homes <laughs> and and that's how we got fucking a vector bouchon from the fucking Batman begins with the, the Batmobile with corkscrew action and that was just so funny and seeing seen with corkscrew action in three different languages on the box <laughs> and that I'll never forget it it's so
2: fucking funny
0: i love it yeah um yeah there's just yeah. so many
2: great memories yeah
1: on, online just i mean like I could literally go online right now and buy every single figure I need for my 77 back collection. But like, yeah, it was just, it just became like a joyless exercise. Like, uh, you know, the, my, my fondest ones are like going out, you know, like Randy got me one of my first ones. You know, he got me, he got me a, a Leia and Poncho for like five bucks at a celebration. Um, and you know, I got my Ack bars and stuff like that. And, you know, so many of my figures have like fun, fun meanings. Um, mm-hmm. and then I have the, like I have the ones I bought at the shady, room sales and like the 2019 <laughs> star wars celebration i remember texting randy like so how does this work and am i gonna get mugged am i gonna get killed Cause in my head it was like actually in hotel rooms and stuff like that not not just a bunch of dudes like sitting on a floor
2: somewhere yeah um, they, they 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 started in hotel rooms and then they they i think all well, that only happened one year then it just became like a thing that people yeah, it's like it. a. Like a hallway takeover, basically, yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> we're going to take over this space, and you're not going to say anything about it. See? Yeah,
0: yeah. It was nice. People, people lay out things. their nice rugs and set out their
2: wares. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was
1: very much like a like a like a like a bazaar that you would find in right. like a, movie, a movie Aladdin or something. But, sure. um, but yeah, yeah I can't I'm, wait to the, the next with, celebration. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all it's all about the memories. That, that's yeah. I mean that, that's that's where it's at for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And and you nailed it right there on the head. It's just like, uh, you're going to remember those ones that you got in the sketchy room sales so much more than you're going to remember something that you just randomly picked up on eBay. No matter, no matter how long you looked for it or tried tracking it down. And yeah, maybe it'll make a cool story about how long it took you to get it, but you're not going to remember much about buying it off of eBay. But if you, you know, you're buying it off some, you know, crazy Australian dude, uh, you know, in some shady basement of a of a motel, you're going to remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. The La- the
1: Lando I bought came and it actually came in the acrylic case, and uh, there was definitely a white re- powder residue. And the guy I sold it, I bought it from, definitely had done cocaine in his life. So in my head, he did cocaine off this Lando. Figure. <laughs> 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 I, have no, I have no doubt in my mind.
0: No, it I, makes it even better. I yeah. love it.
1: Yeah. I would have paid extra. Yeah. So I did the yeah, thing anyone... like the cops do. I rub my finger on it and rubbed it on my gums.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> that works. Quality stuff.
0: <laughs> that's the that's the day of training that you don't want to miss when you get to sample all the different drugs to see what tastes like what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for, for the it rare is... occasion where you're out in the field and you gotta stick your knife in a pouch and then cut it open and then taste it to make sure it's a drug. Yeah, there was that De Niro and Eddie Murphy movie called
1: Showtime. Where uh, they were like cops being followed around by like a film crew. And then I remember Eddie Murphy at one point stuck like a knife in, in a cocaine and like tasted it. And he's, he's like, oh, it's cocaine. Well, what if it had been poison? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Anyway, so toys.
1: Well, yeah, well first, time. before we move on from PulseCon, just one more thing. Randy, are you buying the Rancor?
2: No, um, yeah, okay. no, no, no. I'm, I'm not, and um, I mean, as much as I want to support, uh, Haslab, I don't think they need it, that support for me because I'm not really a black series collector, you know. Uh, if it's my three and three quarter inch, my beloved scale, then uh, I'll buy just about anything. Um, but yeah, I what if I'm, what if I'm one of the stretch
1: goals is a carded Mandalorian figure for the Rancor, a carded Mandalorian, Gamorrean guard pit fighter, for the Rancor <sighs>
2: Which doesn't make any sense at all.
0: <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs>
2: um, okay, what scales this Rancor figure? Is it six inch? Does it go with the Rancor or, or is this this Morning Guard figure? It goes does with does the it, Rancor, yeah. So it's six inch, and no, I'll still pass on it because there's a lot of really badass things and stuff for for Mandalorian that I'm probably not going to jump on. Like that Cobb Vanth figure looks amazing, but it, they'll eventually make it for three and three quarter inch. Um, that Nomad Boba Fett is fucking amazing looking. But again, they're probably going to make it for three and three quarter inch. So, um, but I'm probably still going to buy that Boba Fett in six. inch just because it's so fucking cool looking. But anyway, um, there's... Any, any Boba Fett's
1: going to always be made eventually in a three and three quarter inch. Cobb Van, you know, I, I don't know. Might be worth getting a six inch for that one.
2: Well, honestly, I made a pretty good-looking uh, custom, so I'm not too broken-hearted about it if they don't make it for three and three-quarter, but that's such a popular character that people have really voiced their their appreciation for. So, um, I if I were a betting man, I would bet that they are going to make it for three and three-quarter. Cool.
1: I mean, that's the power of two of the Mandalorian, because Cobb Vance was in the first episode, and I'm like, fuck, I like this guy. I'm not going to like anyone in this season more than Cobb Vance, and then <laughs> you know cut to everybody else and their mother coming in
2: it was nice to see they're going to make a mayfield uh
1: black series figure
2: yes so that's fantastic um so they're going to have both of them in their disguises i was super excited to see that they're finally going to make at least one of them in the disguise for three and three quarter inch that was one of the pulsecon uh, reveals was they're going to be making a Mando in his trooper disguise outfit which is cool because even though we don't have a Mayfeld yet in the three and three quarter inch scale, I did buy one, a custom one that somebody had 3D printed and it's really good. So I can stick that. I can buy two of the Mando in the Trooper armor and stick a little Mayfeld head on it and, and be happy. Um, yeah, it's it's all looking so good. The only thing that that, that disappoints me, and this is... a, a random tangent, but the thing that disappoints me about uh, what they're doing with three and three quarter inch figures now is instead of giving them removable helmets, they are giving them separate heads. Like, you pull off the human head and then you put on the helmeted head instead. Um, And I realize why they're doing it, and it's because otherwise they look like a big silly bobblehead or, like, Dark helmet with a big old stupid noggin. Yeah, it doesn't but, work. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. But but what what's upsetting is they do it so well for black series, and that's the dip, the biggest difference between the three and three quarter inch scale and the six inch scale. Like they can pull off removable helmets much more convincingly at a six inch scale than they do for three and three quarter. And it's just it, it's it's frustrating to me because I always, as a kid and as an adult collector, I've liked the ability to just build it. Pop it off and ooh, there's a hand under there. Pop the helmet back on. Right. It's just so a little a little fun treat. That
0: and that so I sent you guys a link to the the G.I. Joe classified series Cobra Officer. And he all these six-inch guys, well, all the Cobra the Cobra infantry type guys, they have removable helmets, and it's just so fucking badass, dude. It just adds a whole new dynamic to the figure. And it looks good. And so, like, we were talking about accessories, and this guy comes with a helmet, a machine gun, a uh, a gun light, for crying out loud, two machine gun magazines, a submachine gun, a pistol, a knife, and a holster. So, I mean, that's a shit ton of accessories to come with this this guy. And you could totally just load him up like John Matrix in Commando, where he's just like, <laughs> I need this, I need this, I need this. You never know, I might need this. And it just, it's so cool. I, I love everything about that. And that's just not something that you can get with uh, the smaller figure.
2: Yeah. Now, um, in the past, uh, there have been certain, like, I'll, I'll call them, like, boutique toy lines or smaller, uh, non-mainstream toy lines that do accessories like that really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a company in the early 2000s that... Um, Called dragon and they did a series of world war ii figures and and they were the the 118th scale so essentially three and three quarter inch and you could pull the magazines out of the little german mp40 submachine guns and not only would the magazine come out but you would see a perfectly painted little bullet at the top of it yeah that's um, awesome sounds expensive They were, they were like, you know, where where normal three and three quarter inch figures were probably still like six seven bucks, Um, you know, they were rocking the twenty dollar price tag. But they had a million accessories. They had little uh, bayonets and knives that went into actual sheaths. you know they had guns that fit into actual holsters and like I said, like magazines that you could pull out of machine guns. and it was all appropriately scaled and it didn't it fit together tight. It didn't feel loose or wobbly or janky or anything like that. It, they were really, really well made, but it was very few and far between the, the toy lines that actually did that. Mm-hmm. And there are still some, and most of them are like really high end, like Japanese toy companies that are making the three and three quarter inch scale figures that have a shit ton of accessories that do something very similar to what I was describing there. But um, again, you know, they are rocking the, the significantly higher price point.
0: Right. And and when you go to a store like like Target or Walmart, you know, it doesn't make sense. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just not there.
2: Yeah. You, you're not going to see it at a Target or a Walmart. Yeah. You know? You're, you're going to buy those exclusively online.
0: I, I was always a fan of um, some sort of accessory pack that you could buy, you know, where it came with multiple guns or or whatever, just something that that could go with a figure. I always thought that looked so cool.
2: Yeah, I I, I thought that was really cool because I know they did that with GI Joe when we were younger. Um, they would have accessory packs, and you know, even going back to you were talking about getting some of the Episode One toys, yeah, they had those they had neat them. packs that came with like this is the Sith pack, and it came with extra little pro like Darth Maul probe droids and a Darth Maul cloak and an extra lightsaber and, and all this stuff that you could basically kit out Darth Maul with, or here's the Jedi pack or the desert pack or whatever. And it came with like Qui-Gon's poncho and all this other stuff. Like there are all these really neat accessory packs and that's, it, it, forgive me if I'm misremembering, but I think that's the only time they ever released any kind of Star Wars accessory packs for three and three quarter. And it was the coolest thing—just the fact that they took the time to think to do that. That was, was something that a lot of really successful toy lines from the '80s did, but Star Wars never got on that bandwagon. They right. did during the Episode Two Saga line as well. Okay, but that's yeah, cool. but uh, I
0: remember, was, I remember it, was, it was like ten bucks, right? Because like the normal yeah. figures were like were like seven, six or five or whatever, and then yeah, the, and that they accessory were carded, pack was, yeah and it was a little a bit little, bigger a lot, like
2: a little bit bigger than the figures but like not as deep kind of thing mm-hmm. and it just had a, just a, a whole bunch of accessories that yeah it was cool. you know, extra helmets and extra this or that it was just really neat
0: yeah i would love if they did that for these um cobra troopers man
2: yeah that one that you looked was
0: really cool looking
2: yeah it's a lot of shit
0: right <laughs> but even all it the way is. down to his insignia on his chest you know everything about this figure just looks fucking like badass. <laughs> I should get a couple, but I'm not. <laughs> I got a bunch of the <laughs> infantry guys, but you know he's an officer, so it makes sense to just have like you know one kind of t- pointing and saying, "Hey, you take that hill over there. I'm a, I'm gonna read this paper." <laughs> but, yeah, pretty cool, man. Pretty cool, but I don't get the sense of adventure finding it in the store. It's just yeah, pre-ordered on Big Bad, and that's all there is to it. It'll show up in a brown box, and it's gonna be packaged well. But I'm going to open it up. I'm going to look at it and say, yep, that's pretty fucking sweet. And then I'm going to set it down. And then it's going to go in one of David's tubs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to I, – I, I really appreciate what, what you were talking about, David, in terms of just getting rid of stuff. Like, I have a hard time getting rid of things. And uh, whenever I move, that that's like the great motivator, right? Because you don't want to take the stuff with you. Right. But <laughs> – um, I'm, I'm getting to the point where it's like, wow, it'd be really cool if I could fit two cars in my garage or it'd be really nice if I didn't have all this shit in here. Like I've had boxes of costume stuff since film school or since high school, even like I've got so much stuff that, yes, it does still come into play. And yes, I do still occasionally use some of the stuff or, or let friends or other filmmakers borrow it but do I need to have it taking up room in my garage? I'm getting to the point where I'm very close to saying no. Um, And a lot of the star Wars stuff that I've got, like, I have all my, not all, but most of my figures on display, like my carded figures. But what I don't have room for is all the, the vehicles and playsets that I got. And I got a shit ton of them. Um, and I know they're worth a decent amount of money. So it's like, I think I'm going to, like, that'll be my the beginning of the end for me, like, letting stuff go. Like, I'll get rid of all the stuff that's out in the tubs. And then I'll kind of, like, do I want to keep all my non-Vader figures? Do I want to just like move forward with my vader only focus and get rid of those and try to simplify but that's that is a long project it feels like yeah, yeah there's
1: there was an uh netflix show there's a lady named maria kondo and her whole thing is does this spark joy and uh it, from, amy made me watch it, and i'm like what are you trying to do i'm not going to get rid of my shit but it actually kind of really resonated like it was all about like purposeful like your ho- home should be purposeful and you sh- you shouldn't keep things just to keep things. And I was keeping things just to keep things. They weren't sparking joy. Like, my 77 backs, my Akbar stuff, handful of other random collectibles and stuff like that, like, that sparked joy for me. But then, like, I don't need Darth Vader soap. Yep. You don't? Yeah. I don't. I use I use uh, Dove, I think. I don't need Darth Vader.
0: So, <laughs> like, plastic? Uh... <laughs>
2: smell like burning flesh yeah, <laughs> yeah. not
0: that a good doesn't... look <laughs> yeah that's bad news all righty well I'll try this again 30 minutes later uh is that all are we good or are we done
2: <laughs> that is it Sorry, I just didn't know
1: if Randy was going to buy it. I I apologize for sucking us back in like Godfather 3 style.
0: That's
2: okay.
1: I'm here for
0: it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Geek Legacy Podcast. Remember to check out the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. It's a lot of fun. Uh, We just did Dune, and I know we talked about it on this show, but we did more of a deep dive on Don't Be Crazy, so be sure to check that out. And, um, yeah, we also have the Escape Pod hosted by Mr. Randy Van Dyke. It's a lot of fun. We are on Season 2 Of Star Trek The Next Generation, so if you're watching along uh, it's uh, been a journey not gonna lie, and season 2 is off to a rocky start, but let's see if we can level this ship out a little bit who knows, stranger things have happened you keep uh, rockin' rollin', stay safe get your shots, and uh, talk to you later, thank you so much